Welcome to Verity. I'm your host, Felicia Masonheimer, an author, speaker, and Bible teacher. This podcast will help you embrace the history and depth of the Christian faith, ask questions, seek answers, and devote yourself to becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ. You don't have to settle for watered-down Christian teaching. And if you're ready to go deeper, God is just as ready to take you there. This is Verity, where every woman is a theologian. Hi, welcome back to Verity Podcast. I'm Felicia Masonheimer. And I'm her husband, Josh. And we are in the very last episode of the Honest Marriage series, episode 12. And I can't believe we're here already. That's three months worth of podcast episodes. We're recording this right after Christmas, before New Year's. And so it's a little bit late going up because of the holiday, but we're so glad that we squeezed it in before we wrap up the year. And in this episode, we're talking about growth as a couple and what Josh and I do to grow as a couple, to stay on the same page and to keep a vision for the future. We thought this would be a good way to end the series and hopefully give you something practical you can try out in your own marriage as you are going forward. So we are going to be looking at our verse for this episode in Proverbs. It's Proverbs 29, 18, which says, Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. Now, obviously in context, this is talking about prophetic vision. So in the Old Testament, a prophet giving the word of the Lord, the revelation of God that cast a vision for Israel at the time. That's the context of this verse. Another translation of this verse is where there is no vision, the people perish. I think it's interesting that in the ESV, it says people cast off restraint, but the end result is that they perish. Either way, a Christ-centered vision for the future is the only way to remain in godliness, to remain together in walking in a scriptural focus, a Christ-centered life. If we don't do that, we can cast off restraint and fail to keep the law, the gospel. So we're going to talk about how Josh and I do that practically, how we keep a vision. We, as we've shared so far in this series, are very different personalities, would you say? Yeah. (laughs) We actually recently retook the love languages test and discovered that we are still opposite on our love languages, but we also took the apology languages test, which is on the same website. Yeah, that was interesting. That was very interesting, very helpful, but once again, we were complete opposites. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I'm like, gosh, the cards are just stacked. Every single time we do any kind of test, we're always complete opposite. I literally got a zero in what she scored the highest on. Yep, exactly. (laughs) Anyway, it takes a lot of work for us to remain on the same page. And again, we've talked about this throughout this series. So if you are jumping in now, you can go back and listen to previous episodes where we talk about our different personalities and how we work through conflict and make decisions about everything from parenting to finances and more. But keeping the vision has been really important for us because of all the transitions we've been through as a couple. And so there are two big things that we do that have been very helpful to us. And the first thing is our Sunday night planning. 
Yeah, so usually after the kids go down to bed, we have our planners that we have right now. And it's just like a way to structure out the week that's coming up. And we list everything we have on the calendar from previously and everything that we know is coming up that may have not made it on the calendar. And we use like a shared calendar. A Google calendar? Yeah. So we just basically go down and be like, oh, like, so you have this on this day, which for me really removed a lot of like, oh, we're doing this today. You never told me that. (laughs) Yes, that was a huge reason we did the shared electronic calendar because I don't actually like electronic calendars, but it was Josh's preference. And so in order for him to know what we were up to, we started using it together. And it's actually worked really well because then I just take what's on that calendar and put it into my physical planner. Yeah. And now you use a physical planner as well. Yeah. And it's it's really useful to like look at it each day in the morning and be like, just as a reminder, oh yeah, we had this today, along with, you know, checking the the electronic one. And so it is really useful to just kind of stay on the same page and I guess like synchronize, basically. Mm-hmm. And like we have to do it still, even though we have a shared calendar, you know, <laughs> like I have to sit down and do the planning meeting with her or else, you know, there will be something on the calendar that it's like, oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. Or if it's there, we never like talked about it. Like, oh, that actually includes me as in addition to you. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. So we'll add things to the electronic calendar throughout the week, but then we'll have to, you know, sit down on Sunday night, talk about it, go over the week and say, okay, well, I see that you have this early morning meeting on Tuesday. What time will you be back? Because I have to leave to go to this, you know? And I think our life is unique in that Every single thing for us happens under our roof. We have a small farm. We run our business from the farm. We homeschool and our church is five minutes away and our town is 10 minutes away. And so everything revolves very close to our home and a lot is happening under our roof. And we often have people over. People are often, you know, here at our house throughout the week. So there's a lot that has to be discussed and we have to make sure that we know who is where so that we can trade off kids and schooling and work because we both work and we both homeschool. And so there's a lot of logistics involved there. But the Sunday night meeting works no matter what lifestyle you live, I would say. Yeah, I think so. It's kind of like a nice little end to our Sabbath, you know, Mm -hmm. at sundown. And it just kind of prepares you mentally for the week so that you don't feel like you're already behind Monday morning. That's a really good way to put it. So during the meeting, practically speaking, Josh kind of described, we go over the Google calendar and that is all of our appointments. So those are like outside appointments with other people, interviews that we have, you know, people who are going to be at the house working, anything like that goes into the calendar, doctor's appointments for kids, all of it. That's on the Google calendar, but we don't put tasks 
or anything aside from birthdays that we need to remember on the Google Calendar. Projects. Or projects. Those go into our planners, but we still want to talk about them during our meetings. So we talk about our appointments, who's going to be where, what days would be best for Josh to homeschool, for me to homeschool. Typically, I watch the kids in homeschool in the mornings and he works, and then we switch in the afternoons. I work in the afternoons and he will watch the kids and answer some emails in the afternoons. So we'll talk through all of that in the meeting. But then we also talk about other things like... You've been talking about your power sheets lately, your personal growth. Yeah, my own goals, my plans for the next year. We'll talk about that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Meals. I'll sometimes say, hey, are there any things you need? Because I plan all the meals for the week Sunday night, and then I place a pickup order that evening so that it's ready to go Monday as well. And so we just start the week on the same page and we're trying to also take some time to just talk to each other a little bit. Yeah. As well. Kind of touch base. Like I said, sync we synchronize and it does kind of like, you know, that's when you would be like, are you getting enough time in the morning to have devotions or, yeah. you know, develop personal growth? And so... Is a time for us to kind of touch base with one another on our growth. Yeah. So it's just, it started out, I think, I don't even know how it started, but we wanted a way to stay on the same page, but then it became so helpful. It's kind of just seems to come naturally now. Mm-hmm. And we, I look forward to it. I don't know if you look forward to it, but I do. <laughs> I do. It's usually a good experience. Okay, so that's the the one big thing. And if you're listening, we have a free marriage meeting download on the website, FeliciaMasonheimer.com slash resources. You'll see it listed there. It says your marriage checkup. And that is a free download with many of the exact questions that we ask during our Sunday night meeting. So if you would like to have a guide to using your own marriage, you can head to FeliciaMasonHeimer.com slash resources, and it should be right there on the freebie page. We've got a bunch of great downloads there that you can grab, but that one is specific for marriage. Cool beans. Yeah, cool beans. Okay, so the other thing that we've done, this one we haven't done every year, but we've done it twice, I think, maybe three times, though it, it what didn't look exactly the same as this time. But we've gotten away towards the end of the year to talk about our vision for the next year, our goals, our, you know, desire for what, what we want for our family. Yeah, company retreat. A company retreat. <laughs> kind of. Management only. <laughs> So how would you describe what we did this time? Well, we did a lot of Christmas shopping. That's true. We did do that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like we just took some time to just talk about our vision for this coming year for our company and for the children and just our lives. So it was really nice to just kind of get away and have some clarity in that and we covered a lot of ground. Yeah. Um, just kind of candidly while we were doing, you know, at a coffee shop or, you know, bookstore or at Target. So we were able to just kind of like there was no agenda 
as far as like the itinerary of the trip, but we were just kind of able to just discuss everything and, you know, cover our our hopes and goals and expectations for the coming year. And it was really nice. Yeah, it was nice. It was just one night and a, a day and a half or yeah, basically a day and a half then not too far away from home. And so, like I said, we've done this a couple of times and it isn't very structured. Like we're not sitting down with a list of things to go over. Although sometimes we have a few things that we really need to talk about, but you know, for this year, we were looking back on 2021 and we had a lot of travel this year, mostly for work or for my brother's wedding. And it was all really fun and really exciting. But next year, that's something that we don't want to do because it took us away from home and the farm so much that we really want to stay close to home next year. So we talked about that and what that will look like and why we want to do that and and what impact it will have on the family. And so, you know, we got to talk through different children and what we think they need. Yeah. Yeah, we even came up with a word. (laughs) (laughs) We tried several different versions of the word for the year. (laughs) Yeah, the first draft was recoil. (laughs) And I was like, that's not a very positive word. It makes me think of like a snake before it strikes or something. (laughs) We were trying to come up with something along the lines of like retreat or rest. I think the better version was recuperate. Yes, I think that was a better version. I was like, recoil doesn't sound like a good word for the year. I'm not sure why, but it doesn't. But like, for instance, setting a word for the year, this was something, you know, we don't take it super seriously. We're not going to just like use this word all the time next year. But I do pray about a word personally for each year. And all it is is a focus. It's like this is kind of a theme, a focus that I align my goals with and for us, setting that intention for the year tells us, you know, when something doesn't line up with that intention, then we need to be able to say no to that, no matter how good mm. it is. So if someone comes along in August and is like, hey, you have this great opportunity to take this trip. Well, we've already set our intention that trips are really a no go in 2022, other than the few that we've chosen because it's a lot of strain on the family after we get back and with the garden and the animals and and the business and stuff. And so we know what to say no to. And getting on the same page with that, I think, is helpful because then we can hold each other accountable later on in the year. Yeah, I think it will also help for us to be more invested in our local community. Yeah. So that would be nice. Yeah. And so you don't have to set a word for the year to accomplish that. You can just accomplish that by talking about things and maybe setting three or five actual goals for the year. We didn't set anything tangible beyond our word and the decisions that we made for the business and for our home life. But you could be very specific if that works better for you. Many of you know that my son Ivan was born towards the end of the year 2020. And so without question, all of us as a world were struggling with anxiety. And on top of that, I struggled with postpartum anxiety at the end of 2020. And during that time, I found the Abide app. As I was trying to fall asleep at night and struggling with intrusive thoughts and anxiety, the Abide app was actually the thing that I reached for 
guided meditations completely based on scripture. Abide is the number one Christian meditation app. And Abide users report less stress, lower levels of anxiety and depression, and better sleep. For a limited time, our listeners will get 25% off a premium subscription when you visit abide.co slash Verity. Abide's meditations start at only two minutes long, so they're super easy to fit into your schedule. I use them at bedtime, but I also listen to them in the car and sometimes while I was cooking dinner or in between my work tasks. You can also use Abide's bedtime stories, which are all based on scripture, and they work for kids and adults alike. You can get started now with 25% off a premium subscription by downloading the Abide app at abide.co slash Verity. You'll get additional stories and meditations, premium music, soothing sounds, and more. Support this show and get 25% off by going to abide.co slash Verity, and that's A-B-I-D-E dot C-O slash Verity for your 25% off a premium subscription. Okay, so... That's what our getaway for goals and vision casting looks like. Now, one question I think might come up is what do I do if I'm growing, but my spouse is not growing Hmm. at the pace that I want or I wish or I think they should be objectively? I think every spouse gets to a point where they look at the other one and they're like, you are not where I think you should be in this area. Basically, you're dead weight. <laughs> you're dead weight. You need to pick it up enough. <clears throat> and I think it's really hard because you know that maybe the growth, it would be the best thing for them, whether it's their health, their spirituality, their parenting, their friendships, any of that. You want them to be growing, but they're not. You know you can't force them to change So what do you do in a situation like that? That's kind of the question I think that people would ask. We've been very open that both of us have wished the other (laughs) was growing in certain areas at a pace, you know, that we would have liked better. And we were talking before we recorded about two areas where we both needed growth and One that I thought of is my struggle with affection and physical touch. And Josh thought of his struggle to be really consistent and growing in his Bible study and in his knowledge of the word. So we were going to talk separately. I'll, I'll talk, he'll talk about what our spouse did for us that has helped us grow in those areas. So, Josh, why don't you go first? Okay. All right. Got me in the hot seat. (laughs) So, for me, I think I've struggled with kind of like consistency in general as a theme. (laughs) Um, So, it's no surprise that it's, you know, affected my devotional time or quiet time. A lot of people have different words for it. But for me, like, Consistency has been hard, and when it I have been consistent, it's been hard not to view it as a chore and something I'm just checking off the list. So it, it's tough. It's like you have to find the medium where it's relational as well as consistent. So 
like what I've been doing recently to try and just like do something, you know, is just like I've been listening to the Bible on audio. And while I'm doing that, I've just been reciting, like writing down memory verses and then just taking like a time of prayer after that if like the whole family isn't around, (laughs) which depends on if whether or not I get up early enough to do it. So that's been really helpful for me to like just kind of like learn the word and commit it to heart. And, you know, this is a newer thing for me. So a newer um, model for you. Yeah, a newer model. So it's been working pretty well for just like, you know, because I always get kind of paralyzed by, oh, like, what do I study now? Like, do I get this devotional or that devotional? And some of them are just like a lot of busy work if there's writing required or there's no verses at all. So you're not even like, you know, I know learning a, the Bible, a really good <clears throat> Bible study on yeah. Revelation and one on first through third John by this lady named Felicia. Mason I don't Hammer. know. <laughs> it's kind of daunting. <laughs> <laughs> verse by verse, my yeah, man. That's true. <laughs> Might have to take up some of the articles there. <laughs> but yeah, so that's been helpful for me. Felicia has been able to support me in that by, you know, just kind of like allowing the time. You know, if there's something like if I do it later in the morning, then she kind of makes a little space for it and won't, you know, like ask of me things. And so that's been really nice for her to kind of just like create that space and kind of cultivate it. So that's been like a very passive way of her supporting me, which usually goes better than an active way of supporting me. Okay, so tell people though, what would an active quote-unquote active <laughs> way of quote-unquote supporting be in that situation because i think a lot of wives really struggle in this area sometimes well, if they're like me it's tough because it can often like you feel like you're nagging and he feels like you're nagging <laughs> and i don't know like when it comes to a man's religious status and knowledge it's kind of i guess a humble topic like you have to be really humble as the man to uh, not be offended by your wife asking about it so it's really tough to be that humble because you know especially in cases like this obviously she is more you know studied or at least diligent in her studies. So, well, I think you're being a bit modest here. You've always been consistent in seeking the Lord. It wasn't like you were like years of not seeking him. You weren't like a functional atheist or anything. You just weren't studying it the way I was or do. And you weren't, it didn't look the way mine looks. Yeah. And I think that's where 
some wives and, and husbands too, because I'm sure there's husbands with wives who struggle this way. Can we, Spouses can fall into a problem when they expect their spouse's Bible study growth to look exactly like yeah. theirs. And some hurtful conversations can come out of it. Like, you know, like when I'm studying and like she doesn't see it, for, you know, maybe a couple weeks and it's just done before she woke up or, you know, here or there when she wasn't around. And she may say, like, I don't even know where you are spiritually because I haven't seen you studying. Like, that's super hurtful and really discouraging when you have been studying and she just hasn't seen it. So I think like having an open dialogue and, you know, maybe in one of your Sunday night uh, weekly preps, just be like, you know, like how have you had time to do your devotions? Like, um, you know, have has the schedule allowed for it and not like, you know, pointed accusatory questions. But, you know, there's a way to ask without seeming like you doubt them. I think I asked at one point, do you have time and is there a way I can help make time so this is a priority for you? And that put it in your court to say, yes, it would be helpful if, you know, if I'm doing it at eight o'clock, if you could, you know, give me some space in the living room to do it. Or maybe it's a husband who's like, I'm going to do it in the evening when I get home from work after dinner. Can I have a half hour after dinner to do it? And it's a sacrifice on your part as the wife to give up that time, but it's a way of investing in his growth or in her growth, whoever has this particular issue that we're talking about Mm -hmm. now. And it might be both. Both partners have to do that. Yeah. So you talked about an example for yourself. Yes. So I have been pretty open in the past that I have struggled with physical affection or physical touch, like non-sexual touch, as they call it on the love languages test. When we first took the love languages test, I got a zero for physical touch. And Josh, that's always been his highest love language, classic Masonheimers, um, that happens to us every single time. Um, but I don't, I, I think it's just that in the early days, my family of origin wasn't a very touchy family. Was we weren't a huggy family, a little bit different now. And PDA embarrassed you. Oh yes. PDA embarrassed. It's still, it's, I'm better now about it, but like even other people, Having public displays of affection made me very uncomfortable if I was in their presence. So I did not want it ever, you know, like shown towards me in public. And then, of course, that translates to your daily life in marriage. And so this is an area of growth for me. And I did study this. I actually have a devotional that I wrote about the process through which I wrestled with this scripturally. And I read some psychological journals about what can cause it. And it's avoidant attachment is what it's called. And 
kind of got to the root of what was causing that and allowed the Lord to heal that. But I'm still in progress. And so I still, because of the habits of my nature, I'm still not naturally drawn towards being physically affectionate. I am with my children, but with adults, I am not. So friends, family, and Josh, it's not something I think of. It's not something that's on my mind. So I have to be very conscious and intentional. I actually will put it on my to-do lists as a reminder that I need to be intentional in this area. And so Josh has been helpful in that he's been very understanding when I've tried to explain why I struggle with showing affection, why it isn't something that comes naturally to me. You know, I think a lot of people think, well, if you love someone, of course you want to. Well, when I love someone, I do things for them Mm -hmm. or I give them a beautiful gift or I think of them and I bring them a coffee or something. That's the way I'm processing and showing that I love someone. I I'm not drawn to hug someone because I love them. So that's something I just have to be very intentional with. And so if Josh had shamed me for that or been like, well, what kind of person doesn't think to hug and kiss that would have been really embarrassing and very hurtful and It would have been a lot harder, I think, for me to grow in this area because I would feel like I was just an utter failure in his eyes. But he has never shamed me for it. I mean, he said, you know, this is really hard because I feel love through physical touch, but he's never shamed me for it. And so also he has set an example of affection that makes me feel safe to be affectionate with him, even though I'm still not as good at it as he is. Um he has helped me learn what it looks like and to help me be vulnerable and safe with him. And so that's been an area of growth we've been able to work on because of that example. Kind of like you said, you needed me to create a physical and time space for you to grow in your spiritual life. You were creating a physical and emotional space for me to grow in my emotional life. Oh, that's deep. <laughs> I well, I think that's kind of a parallel and maybe that's that's the takeaway for this this particular episode and on growth is is what space are you creating for your spouse to grow? Mhm. Because if you're always jumping into the space and telling them what to do or telling them how they're not measuring up or what they could change, that's really hard to live with. You ever see two hermit crabs in one shell? <laughs> no, I've. Is did they do that? Nope. There's a reason for it. <laughs> that's such an old man analogy. I'm still trying to figure it out. But basically, create space. Leave the whole. Leave the hermit crab shell open. Is that what we're going with? Is I that, guess so. Right? Is that okay? Yeah. And then there will be space for them to grow. Oh, wait, do hermit crabs grow to the size of their shell? Yeah. Oh, I get it now. Most of Josh's jokes take me like a day to get. Okay. Well, you guys, wherever you are in your own marriage, we hope that this series has been an encouragement to you and that it does help you grow and have good conversations. Hopefully you'll have a few ideas of things that you can implement 
really the Sunday night planning thing is honestly one of the best things we've done. So if you do nothing else, that would be my biggest suggestion. And then one other thing I wanted to mention, our favorite marriage book that we ever read was Sacred Marriage by Gary Thomas. We read it when we were engaged and it was really transformative. And so if you need a good marriage book recommendation, we really haven't read that many, but that book was really helpful to us and we loved it a lot. I guess our encouragement would just be to continue to pursue one another and pursue the Lord and keep him central. We're so grateful you hung out with us for this series And we hope that you will refer back to it if you ever need some encouragement in whatever season of life and marriage you are in. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Verity. You can connect with fellow listeners by following me on Instagram at Felicia Masonheimer or on our Facebook page by the same name. Also visit FeliciaMasonheimer.com for links to each episode and the show notes. 